You're listening to the Whitewater Church Podcast. Before we jump in, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and rate and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, or you want to join us in blessing our communities, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give, or click on give in our show notes. Whitewater services are made possible by your generosity in action. Let's dive into this week's message together. Hello, Whitewater friends. How are you doing today? It's so good to see you. I'm Katie Schiffelbein. I'm here to continue talking about James along with our other speakers. And this week we are answering the question, what would this world look like if we showed mercy and love instead of favoritism and bias? So as we dig into James, he's going to be really direct, very candid about what God really wants, how he doesn't want us to show favoritism, exclusion, Instead, he wants us to be inclusive and show his favor. So let's jump into the text. James 2, my brothers and sisters, when you show favoritism, you deny the faithfulness of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has been resurrected in glory. Imagine two people coming into your meeting. One has a gold ring and fine clothes, while the other is poor, dressed in filthy rags. Then suppose that you were to take special notice of the one wearing fine clothes, saying, here's an excellent place, sit here. But to the poor person, you say, stand over there. Or here, sit at my feet. Wouldn't you have shown favoritism among yourselves and become evil-minded judges? My dear brothers and sisters, listen, hasn't God chosen those who are poor by worldly standards to be rich in terms of faith? Hasn't God chosen the poor as heirs of the kingdom he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Don't the wealthy make life difficult for you? Aren't they the ones who drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who insult the good name spoken over you at your baptism? You do well when you really fulfill the royal law found in scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. But when you show favoritism, you are committing a sin, and by that same law, you are exposed as a lawbreaker. Anyone who tries to keep all of the law but fails at one point is guilty of failing to keep all of it. The one who said, don't commit adultery, also said, don't commit murder. So if you don't commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you are a lawbreaker. In every way, then, speak and act as people who will be judged by the law of freedom. There will be no mercy in judgment for anyone who hasn't shown mercy. Mercy overrules judgment. So James is really direct here. He's pointing out the exclusion that's going on in the church at the time, that they were preferring and prioritizing people who are wealthy, people that they could get more from rather than the poor, the people that are like, stand in the back or just sit at our feet. Like, we don't care about you as much. And he's saying, no, that's not what God wants. He wants us to favor everyone. He wants us to love everyone. He wants us to show mercy to everyone. And he's going to give us examples of how we do that. It's so important. But let's first talk about what is favoritism. N.T. Wright has this great quote on favoritism. He says, don't let the world leave its dirty smudge on you. The world is always assessing people, sizing them up, putting them down, establishing a pecking order. And God, who sees and loves all alike, wants the church to reflect that generous universal love is how it behaves. It's so clear that we need to love everyone and not exclude other people, no matter the difference. 
God's family is made up of so many different people. We're a diverse group of people, and we have different political views, education background, gender, ethnicity. So many different things make us different, and that's how God made us. He wants us to be unique. He wants us to bring our gifts together and our differences together, be inclusive, and create this wonderful, beautiful community where we can grow with one another, learn with one another, and use our differences to create belonging for everyone. James emphasizes appreciating everyone's differences so that we can respect each other regardless of our differences. Inclusion is a step of faith. It's an action of creating an environment where differences can thrive, right? So it's not differences so we can point out like one person's better than the other person, that we can prefer this type of people versus this type of people, but rather we point out, wow, you have this difference and it's a unique gift. How can we use that to better God's kingdom? I think favoritism mattered so much to James because he was the brother of Jesus. And Jesus, he was looked down upon. The wealthy saw him as poor. They didn't care about him. The powerful saw him as weak. They didn't want anything to do with him. The favored, they saw him as unfavored. They didn't want to be around him. And Jesus absorbed all of that. And he showed mercy. And he wants us to do the same. He showed mercy and love so that we could come together in a community in, in Christ's community and show love and mercy to everyone around us. So I have a personal story from when I was a kid. I'm gonna go way back to kindergarten. And that's when I really started learning about inclusion. It didn't click until later on, but when I was in kindergarten, I remember standing outside my classroom and my, my dad was off to the side and I had a, a couple friends around me and I whispered, to a friend beside me. And my dad immediately came over and was like, Katie, we do not whisper. We do not tell secrets because that makes other people feel excluded. It makes them feel not enough. It makes them feel like they are missing something. And I didn't really get it. I think I was more embarrassed at the time because I was five years old. And a couple years later, it's really when it sunk in. I was walking home with a neighbor friend And we were like three blocks from home and we walked home every single day from school, probably about a half a mile. And we're almost home and she stops me and she looks at me and she goes, Katie, you can't be my friend anymore. I can't walk home with you anymore. And then she took off and finished the last three blocks and I walked the last three blocks alone. And I just remember feeling really excluded and all these feelings came back in the memory of kindergarten. And that's really when it sunk in that I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not cool enough to be someone's friend. And I don't want other people feeling that. And so it's really been ingrained in me from those little examples from being a kid that I want people to feel included. And so I look for ways to include people. I notice them. I look for that look in their eye of I'm alone and I don't know anyone, but I'm afraid to say anything. Well, I'm sure all of you have examples of that in your life. So think back to how did it feel to be excluded from a place, from a group of people, and think about what can we do to include others? A major point from James is don't deny God's faithfulness. 
He says in scripture, James 2, 1, my brothers and sisters, when you show favoritism, you deny the faithfulness of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has been resurrected in glory. Don't let public or personal opinion influence how you're going to treat someone. Those pressures, those peer pressures are strong, but we can't deny God's faithfulness because when we do, when we deny God's inclusion in the way he wanted us to treat other people, it damages relationships. It damages relationships with family, with friends, with neighbors, with future potential friends, right? If we close the door right away, then we're going to lose out on what God can do in their lives and in our own lives. So that's another one. When we, when we exclude others, we deny God working in our lives. Those opportunities for us to learn new things and get stretched and challenged and encouraged to move forward and meet new people and, and hear different stories and learn about others. When we deny God's faithfulness by excluding others, we damage relationships with our friends, family, neighbors, and could-be friends. And when we choose to exclude others versus include, we impose our own preferences and priorities over God's love and blessing. We're not letting God work through us in our lives to, to be a light to shine. The royal law is love your neighbor as yourself. Right there, James says it. James, the brother of Jesus, he knew, he saw what it took to love your neighbor. He saw Jesus in action, right? And so that's why James is so action-oriented. He's like, let's get to it. Let's do this. And so he gives us examples of how to be inclusive and how to love others and how to show mercy. And the first one is imagine. Imagine what it feels like to be excluded. James wrote, imagine two people coming into your meeting. One has a gold ring and fine clothes while the other is poor, dressed in filthy rags. Then suppose you were to take special notice of the one wearing fine clothes saying, here's an excellent place, sit here. But to the poor person you say, stand over there and here, sit at my feet. Wouldn't you have shown favoritism among yourselves and become evil-minded judges? It's a reminder that when we're biased and, and we show prejudice towards other people, we're not remembering what it's like to be on the outside. And we want to include people to bring them in. So imagine, notice, be aware of what it actually feels like. Second point is we need to honor God by honoring others. James 2, 5 through 7 says, My dear brothers and sisters, listen, hasn't God chosen those who are poor by worldly standards to be rich in terms of faith? Hasn't God chosen the poor as heirs of the kingdom he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Don't the wealthy make life difficult for you? Aren't they the ones who drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who insult the good name spoken over you at your baptism? We need to honor God by honoring others, to invite people in, to welcome them in. And how do we honor and respect others? We, we notice them. We talk to them. We'd be the first person to say, hello, come on in, welcome, what's your name? My name is. So much of the time, because of peer pressure or we're self-conscious or we have our own shame and guilt, we're embarrassed to reach out and be silly and talk to people. So that's what it takes to just lay down ourselves and help someone else feel welcome and feel loved. We want to welcome people no matter their differences, whether they have a different weird sense of humor, if they have different hobbies, if they came from a different background. Maybe we heard something about them. We don't know if it's true. 
put that aside and welcome them in. Get to know them. Ask them questions. The third point James makes is to choose mercy over judgment. He's so clear about this. In every way, then, speak and act as people who will be judged by the law of freedom. There will be no mercy and judgment for anyone who hasn't shown mercy. Mercy overrules judgment. Right? God didn't create us to judge people. He wants us to be wise. He wants us to make those good choices, and he wants to trust us. But so much of the time, it's easy to judge others. Maybe it's our own insecurities. Maybe it's our own shame. Much of the time, we fall back on a judgment rather than showing mercy, and that is what God wants from us. He wants us to show others mercy. He wants us to accept people, welcome them in, show them compassion, notice them, empathize with them, and take action by inviting them in. Remember at the first point to imagine, imagine what it's like for that person to be new, for that person to come to church for the first time, to come to your community group for the first time, to be in a new job, to be in a new community. During this time, people are moving and coming to Pierce County all the time. And we want to invite them into our community to lean in, to listen, and to show them mercy. In Jesus's kingdom, everyone matters. He wants us to love them. The royal law, love your neighbor as yourself. Show mercy over judgment. So looking into your life, where can you show love to your neighbor? Where can you show mercy and stop judging? And where can you invite people to your table? Add an extra chair, get a lawn chair if you need to, and invite people in to your life, into your community, and share the joy that God is doing in your life and in your community. Thanks again for listening today with us. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or want to contact Whitewater Church, you can reach out to us at info at whitewaterchurch.org or click on contact in our show notes. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next time.